Welcome to the Rise Up Live Free podcast, where we're going to be giving you the exact blueprint to reach financial freedom in 10 years or less, regardless of your age, your income, or your experience. You see, we believe that 97% of traditional financial advice is dangerous, misleading, or outright wrong. And we're here to empower you on how you can use money and cash flow as a tool to create, build, and live a life you love now rather than having to wait until you're 65. If you're ready to take immediate action, join us over at cashflowtactics.com forward slash podcast. All right, all right, my friends. Welcome to the Rise Up Live Free podcast. Today is a treat for me, and hopefully it's a treat for you as well. My name is Ryan Lee. You're on the podcast with me. If you're a first-time listener, welcome. Welcome to the show. If you're a long-time listener, Thank you so much. I, I tell you what, the path and the journey to financial freedom is not easy. It's not easy, but it's always worth it. And I love the community that uh, that I have an opportunity to talk to and to serve because I feel like I'm serving you in a way to help keep you inspired, motivated, and engaged on a path that is not easy, but is definitely worth it. So my friends, today I'm going to be sharing with you a, a kind of a case study that I did. Um, you know, I, I talk obviously a lot about money and um, sometimes what I say gets twisted and misinterpreted. I get it. Sometimes some of the things I say are very controversial. Um, and so anyway, I had an opportunity this week to sit down with a close family member of mine who is inevitably um, going through, not inevitably, but undoubtedly going through a difficult financial time in her life, um, difficult financial time. And we had an opportunity to sit down and really have a frank and a real conversation around what has led to the circumstances, some of them in your control, some of them not, but ultimately what has led to the circumstances of your financial life. And then once we looked at the circumstances of her financial life, we got to acknowledge, do we like them or not? Do you like them or not? And do you want those same circumstances to repeat forward over the next three to five to 10 years of your life? And ultimately we came to the conclusion together as we did this conversation that no, no, uh, this family member who I love so much is in a very difficult point in time, and uh, the circumstances that she's living in right now <clears throat> are so, so challenging. They are so challenging, and I acknowledge that fully and completely, and I want to do anything I can to help and support her in these times of her life, but at the same time, something has to change if something's going to change. And so this is an opportunity for me to share with you a couple of things that I shared with uh, this family member to help her understand what has led to the circumstances in her life, to help her acknowledge her hand, her role, and her freedom, her freedom, and ultimately the consequences that come without that freedom. So my friends, today, I'm going to share with you um, the framework of the first part of the conversation that I had with this family member, and then I'll come on next week with another podcast, and I'll share the framework of the second part that I shared with this individual. So um, I recorded this live in our Facebook group, uh, and I did share my screen and kind of go through some math and some numbers, so maybe not everything will translate on a podcast, but I think you'll get the general statement of what it is I'm trying to, to share with you, because I promise you, if you listen to this podcast and the next one that I share about this situation, if you're not doing either one or both of these two things, you will never be free. You will never be free. I'm gonna put it out there because I know it to be true. I'm gonna put it out there because I know if you're listening, it will help you. So if you're not doing these two things, the one I share with you today and the one on the next podcast, you will never be financially free. And I want that for you more than just about anything. I can't want it more than you. 
but I do want it for you so, so badly. I want it for my family members so, so badly. And so you're going to see what I walked her through uh, today. She's not live with me, but uh, she did give me permission to share. So anyway, here it is, my friends. Enjoy the podcast. Hey, hey, what is going on, Cashflow Tactics? Hey, um, I hope everyone had a wonderful, amazing 4th of July. I want to log in on my phone here. That way I can see you guys commenting if you're commenting. And I hope you do. I hope you do because... I want to take a few moments with you guys, and I want to share want to share a little case study. Um, I just got done yesterday uh, doing a I had a, a about two hour a two hour and I don't want to say it's an intervention, but it kind of is an intervention. I had a two hour uh, game plan with a very close family member of mine, and you know it was really around taking personal responsibility, and I think this is one of the biggest. Uh, examples of exercising our individual freedom. If you guys listen to the podcast that we dropped on uh, 4th of July, we talked about the difference between independence and freedom. And I think our freedom is our ability to choose, our power to choose. And I had an opportunity to sit down with a sibling uh, or with a family member, not a sibling, but a family member who for the last seven, eight years uh, has found themselves in a tough situation. There is no doubt, right? They're in a tough situation. Many of you might be in a tough situation. Uh, if you're on with me right now live, give me a what's up. Tell me what's going on and let me know if you've ever found yourself in a difficult financial situation. I know I have. You know, when, when Cash Flow Tactics first started, before it was Cash Flow Tactics, you know, that's why Cash Flow Tactics started. I'm trying to get on Facebook here. Dang it, Facebook. I'm sorry, guys. I want to be able to see if you guys are commenting and I can't see it on my phone. So I'm trying to, or I can't see it on my computer. So I'm trying to get it on my phone, but I don't even know how to get into it on my phone. All right. That's the wrong one. That's the wrong one. But anyway, yeah. Tell me, tell me if you guys have ever found yourself in a difficult financial situation, because look, for me, you know, I got to the point where I realized something had to change. Nothing was going to change unless something changed, right? I, my situation, my life, my decisions, my personal accountability, my results had to change if I ever wanted a different outcome. And that's ultimately what led me down the path of letting go of everything traditional and average and, you know, hoping that it was all going to work out and finding a way to take control. I'm, I, that's my personality type. I have to feel like I have a semblance of control over the outcome, over the path of my life. And I get many things are going to happen along the way. But back to this situation, okay? Um, with this family member, you know, they have been unable to save. Now, part of it is a story that they're telling themselves. And part of it is some difficult decisions and some personal accountability, right? And the story was, hey, when you first started talking to me, you told me savers are losers. That was the story that that this individual told me. And I, and I, I get it. I say that a lot. I say savers are losers. So I want to come on here live with you guys and say savers are not losers. In fact, I want you to consider something. The number one thing that you, that I, that all of us have in our control, and I might not feel like it's always in our control, but it is is our rate at which we save, the amount of money that we save. Now, this is a dumb book, but it's probably one of the best stories I've ever read in my entire life. And it's called The Richest Man in Babylon. It's a story. It's a story about uh, you know, paying yourself first, right? The richest man in Babylon, uh, his simple secret was uh, a tenth of all he earned was his to keep. 
So that's it. Pay yourself at least 10%, pay yourself first and increase your savings over time. My goal and my objective from the very beginning has always been to save 50% of my income. I'll be honest with you. I didn't do that in the beginning. I had to increase my income to even have the possibility of doing that. I don't believe in living in poverty, you know, like the fire movement sometimes espouses, but your rate at which you save is the fastest indicator of you becoming financially free. And let me do some math with you. Let me share an example with you. This is what I shared with this uh, family member of mine, because um, here is the biggest challenge. Like most of us think we just don't have enough to work with. Uh, and I'm going to give you some examples of how you can potentially save more, but I want to share my screen with you right now. Um, and I want to share with you this example that I shared with my family member. Now, I'm going to give you an extreme example to start, and then I'm going to bring it back closer to reality, okay? So let's say we've got a family member or a person or even us, for example. Let's say we're starting out over age 30, and we heard Ryan say that he's going to save everything that he makes, okay? And so therefore, this person is going to do it as well. Let's say that this person commits to saving every penny that, that he or she makes, for the next 35 years, okay? Let's say that they start out with $100,000 income and over the next 30, uh, no, not $100,000 in assets, $100,000 in incomes, $100,000 in income. And we're gonna run this game out over 35 years. So from age 30 all the way to age 65, this person is going to make $100,000 a year every single year for the next 35 years. What that ultimately means, if we look over here on the far right-hand side, this individual will have $3.5 million coming through their economy. $3.5 million. This individual is and will be a millionaire after 10 years of employment. Do you realize that? If you're making $100,000 a year after 10 years, you're a millionaire. Meaning, in this example, I guess that you don't have a million dollars to show for it, but you've made a million dollars. Like, if you've made a million dollars, does it not justify the thinking that possibly you could become financially free if you've made a million dollars? Absolutely. And I think so many of you in this community are making somewhere in that world, right? Between 80,000 to 200,000, right? That's where I think most of the people fall in their income ranges. Some are above, some are, some are below, and I get that, Ken. But let's say, let's say that this individual um, beginning at age 30 uh, is going to live with their parents their entire life. And they're going to save every single penny. That means $3.5 million. Now, let's add a little bit more, um, a little bit more current reality to it, okay? So let's say that this individual works hard, is a producer, is super committed to doing the best they can. And let's say that their income goes up on average 5% every single year. 5% every single year. Now that might sound too good to be true. For some of you, I know you've experienced dramatic increases in your income over the years. So let's say 5% every single year. Now, if we go back to this scenario, that's $9 million. My friends, do you see that? That's $9 million coming into your life. Now, let's also say that this person puts their money to work um, in a way that's pretty predictable, right? We tell you all the time, you can earn 5% in your vault with your eyes closed, okay? So let's say that they're going to put their money to work at 5%. That means $19 million, $19 million. Guys, do you see the power of this? 
if you're 30 and you're going to work for the next 35 years and you're going to make $100,000 a year, increasing your income 5% every single year, what that ultimately means is the last year you're working right before you quote unquote retire, you've made $500,000 in that year. Now, we can obviously put inflation in and determine what the real living uh, value wage is at $500,000, but we'll just keep it there for now to keep the conversation simple. Your average income over this 35-year period of time is 258. You start off with $100,000. You take every single penny that you earn, you save it, you earn a simple, predictable, guaranteed 5%, that's $19 million. Now, this is not the reality for 99.9% .9 of people, myself included. So what happens to all the money? Okay. Now, I'm not saying you should save every single dollar that you have. Money is a tool. It's a tool that's meant to be used to support life, to live life, to experience life. But it's also a tool used to buy our time and our freedom back. Okay, so let's just go through the typical American scenario. Okay, typical American scenario. Now, first and foremost, if you're working, you're right off the top, money's coming out of your paycheck, right? And we're just going to say between state and federal taxes, between sales taxes, between, um, you know, all the various taxes that we pay everywhere we go, it's they're kind of like little mosquito bites here, there, here, there. Let's say we're paying 30% of our income in taxes. And I don't think that's unrealistic for 99% of the people out there, right? If we look at all of the taxes that we're paying, that's, um, you know, 30% of our income is going to taxes. That means one third, or I guess, yeah, 30%. I mean, that's, you know, one third of our year roughly is spent working for taxes. Now, do you see why we talk so much about taxes? Okay, so 30%. What that means is that's going to cost us $2.7 million. Okay, if we take out this earn interest earnings rate, we would have had, if we're not earning any interest, we would have made $9 million. That's what we make. But because we pay 30% of our income in taxes, um, it's $2.7 million in actual costs. We go from 9 million to now 6.3. And if we're able to earn 5% on it, that has an opportunity cost of 5.7 million. That's that 2.7, if it can earn 5% because it's going to the government, the real cost of it is 5.7 million, okay? Debt payments. Now, this is your mortgage. This is your car. This is student loans. These are all the things, right? And let's, again, let's use a pretty typical scenario. The average American today spends anywhere between 30 to 50%, 30 to 50% of their income on debt. And I, I want to talk about that for just a minute because we do talk a lot about debt. And I had to talk to this family member about good debt, bad debt, good debt, bad debt, right? Bad debts is when we use money today that we don't have to buy a liability. And we thus, therefore, trade our future time, our future production to pay for the liability that we bought and consumed today. So think about a car. Think about a house, right? Think about uh, putting money on a credit card. Thinking about, you know, whatever you're, if you go out and you you go buy a brand new TV and you put it on a credit card and you make the minimum payments, you're going to pay for that TV for the next five years. And that TV would have cost you the equivalent of five TVs. It's delayed gratification, okay? So let's say 30% of our income is going to taxes or excuse me, debt payments. That's the same exact thing, right? Now, 30% is going to taxes, 30% is going to debt payments. What that ultimately means is we could have had $19 million, 19 million. But in this example, we're left with 7.7. .7. Now, I don't think too many people would be terribly disappointed if they had $7.7 .7 million. But again, we haven't even talked about life yet, okay? So the average person, let's put this to 35% debt payments and let's put 30% in lifestyle. The rest of our money would go to lifestyle, 
right? This would be, you know, putting food on the table, paying the electric bill, um, hopefully going on a vacation every now and again, um, whatever, buying clothes for our kids because they grow up so fast that they grow out a new pair of shoes every single year, right? But all, all of this combined, what that means is we only have five, we're only saving 5% of our income. And that's about where most people fit. Now, this family member was saving 0% of their income, which meant every dollar that was coming in their life was going out. Um, but 5%, if that's what you're saving, what that means is you could have had, consider this, $19 million, and you end up with 965. Now, the average American today has less than $250,000 total all in accumulated uh, with less than 10 years uh, for retirement. And that's the average middle-class working American. So we are three times better in this example than the average working-class American. And all you had to do was save 5%. But I would say that most people, if they're wanting to retire and replace an income in this example, remember our last year's salary is $525,000, okay? It's not 100,000 anymore. Remember, we raised our income by 5% every single year. So the last year before we quit working, we made $525,000. If we look at our money, that's roughly only two years, right? If we draw down our account, that's only two years of offsetting our lifestyle. So that's not enough money to retire, obviously, right? So what is the typical solution to solving this problem? What is it? What do you guys think it is? What's the typical solution to solving this problem? And I still can't see comments yet. Maybe there's no comments. Okay, but the typical solution to solving this comment is, man, 5%, that's a measly, horrible rate of return. I need to earn a higher rate of return. And while that might be true, I don't know if that's the most ready, readily available solution for most people, but let's just, let's throw it out there. Let's say, what if we double our rate of return, okay? On the money that we're able to save, 5% of our income, um, what if we earned a 10% rate of return? Well, now we have 2.4 million. That's a lot better than a million, right? Now, is it feasible that you can earn 10% every single year for 35 years straight? I doubt it, right? Unless you're, unless you're doing some of the things that we talk about. But in the market, there's no way. You're not earning 10% consistently compounded every single year, which means even if we change the rate of return, it's a pipe dream. So why even plan on it? Okay, maybe seven, like maybe you earn a 7% average rate of return and that puts you at 1.3 million, which isn't much better than earning 5% guaranteed. Okay, so what is the solution? Let's, let's wiggle it back down to 5%. Well, the solution is actually pretty simple. The solution is twofold. Number one, save more money. I want you to do an audit. Okay, if you're really committed to your freedom, right? We just got done celebrating uh, 4th of July. If you're really committed to your personal freedom, then that means you have the ability, both the ability and the accountability to choose. I want you to audit your choices. Have you ever done that before? Audit your choices. Because most often what I believe is where we're at right now, this exact moment in time, all of the results in my life right now are the direct results of the decisions I made three to five years ago, okay? I'm living with those direct results today. And if I look at my results today and I don't enjoy those results, I'm not satisfied, I'm not happy with those results, I have to go back and audit the decisions that I made three to five years ago because they indefinitely led me to the exact position I'm in today. Now, I might be dealing with the effects of a, of a divorce. I might have lost my job in 2020 or 2022, you know, COVID, all that stuff. I might have dealt with the loss of a family member. I might have dealt with anxiety, depression. I know life is difficult. It's difficult. But if we can truly look at our results today, whatever they might be, good or bad, and say you play a role, if not a complete role, in the uh, results that you have today, if we can audit those choices that we make, 
then here's what happens. We can start to make new choices. So three to five years from now, we can be in a different spot. That's the only difference. So with this family member, we went back and we audited the last three to five years of their spending. This was difficult and this was painful. I want you to consider this for just a moment. Over the last three to five years, this family member who told me that they can't save, who has literally zero saved for retirement, they're five years older than I am, okay, five years older than I am, they're approaching their 50s, and financial freedom in 10 years or less is their last hope, right? If they're in their 50s, they've only got 10 years. Now, maybe a little bit longer, but financial freedom in 10 years or less is their only hope because they're starting with nothing. And if we repeat the decisions that we have had the past three to five years, the past decade, the past two decades, then the next several decades will be literally poverty. Okay. So anyway, we went back and we audited the spending patterns and habits of this family member for the last three to five years. And it blew my mind. Okay. Um, 80% of their, of their, um, of their food budget was spent on dining out, whether it was fast food or restaurants, 80% of the food that they consumed came from dining out, which meant the expense associated with dining out was two to three to five times higher than had they cooked for themselves. Now, I'm not saying don't dine out, but if you don't like the, the results of your current situation today, and 80% of your food budget leading up to this point in time was spent on food that was three to five times more expensive than it could have been, then again, audit your decisions, okay? Um, as we looked at that, the story, which I'm going to quote unquote as an excuse was I travel, I, I'm on the road, I can't, you know, I can't, I can't, you know, all the reasons why they justified the decisions that they had made, and ultimately led to the results that they have. But as we started talking about a new story, what is it that you want in the next five years of your life? And if what you want is more powerful than, than where you're at, then you need to tell yourself a new story. Right? Could you? Is the answer absolutely no? I could not have made my own food. I could not have packed a lunch. I could not have chose a least, less expensive option. Yeah, the story was I could have done that. I chose not to. Okay, so that was number one. Number two, this individual had upgraded their car three times, three times in five years, three times. One was a lease. Then they bought two cars. One was they needed more room because their family was expanding. They wanted to be able to drive their kids around and their kids' friends. Now. Good or bad, I don't know. But again, that cost thousands of dollars over the last three to five years that could have otherwise been used towards securing a better present and future. Um, as we looked at their credit card, that almost every single month they were paying interest. They weren't paying balances off. They were paying interest to a credit card company rather than paying their balance off. They were taking vacations that they had no business taking as it related to the amount of money they were making versus what they were spending. Okay. And Decision after decision after decision after decision led us to the exact results that we have today. So what we did is we went back and we actually established a very clear major definite aim. And the major definite aim was a vivid vision, a reality of what they ultimately wanted. I, I made them step into that. I made them feel it. I made them experience it mentally so they could start to experience it physically. Okay, And what that was is three to five years from now, this individual wants to be in a position where they're financially secure. Um, this individual is going through a divorce right now, and financial instability is just all over the place, okay? Number one for this individual, she wants to be financially secure, period, financially secure. Number two for this individual, she wants to be able to retire one day and not work until she dies. So she wants to be making progress towards a future goal of having assets produce income for her, which by default means 
you have to save for security. You have to save and invest for financial freedom. There were a few other things, but those are the two major things. And so what we did is we came back and we audited the decisions that she could have made on where she took vacations, how much she ate out, and how she what she was actually putting on her credit card from clothes to school fees to whatever it is, okay? And we came back and said, look, if we set a new set of goals and those goals drive our priorities and our spending behaviors and we identify with our values. Now, this is very, very important. I'm not saying live like a pauper. I'm not saving, saying put every dollar under your mattress, but we started to come up with the values that gave this individual satisfaction and joy in their day-to-day -day life. You have to have that. This isn't about deprivation for the next 40 years. This this is about aligning your money with your goals and your values. And one of the values that was very important to this individual was being a good and present mother to her children, which I totally acknowledge and love and admire her for. So we identified how can we express that? Does expressing that mean we have to go on expensive vacations? Does expressing that mean we have to go to fancy restaurants? No, we can actually express that. In fact, she acknowledged that most of her real connection came from walking in the park, came from playing you know, soccer with her kids, came from um, reading stories to her kids, and came from watching videos and movies together. It had nothing to do with the vacations. In fact, the vacations were more stressful for everyone than they were actually worth when it when it related to travel, packing, you know, trying to shepherd kids in hotels, and just the overall guilt from overspending. So anyway, all of this being uh, in line, we went over three to five years and we audited all of these expenses that came through, and we found she actually had the capacity to save twenty percent of her income. 20% of her income, if she was more cognizant and more aware of her spending, could actually be saved. So we reran some numbers. And let me share these numbers with you. If that was possible, if we could save 20% of our income um, rather than 5% of our income, let's go back over here, income increase five, what that would ultimately mean is we would cut lifestyle a little bit, right? We would cut maybe debt down a little bit. Um, what, what does that equal? So for only, let's, let's cut lifestyle down to 20%. And um, let's see, 30, 30, 65, 75, 85. Let's cut debt down to 30%, okay? So if this individual, if this individual could simply hold on to more of the dollars, dollars that were already coming into their life and save 20% of their income, look at this example. Now, 20% of our income earning 5% equals $3.8 million. Now, again, this is stretched out over a 40, 35-year time period, but you get the picture. Okay. So my friends, um, what I wanted to do is I wanted to come on and I wanted to share this case study with you because I wanted to open up the possibility. When I say savers or losers, I don't mean saving is bad. I mean, saving and blindly putting your money into an account. And maybe this, I'll do another video on this because we analyze this. If she put her money into a 401k, it was going to be suffering from inflation. It was going to be suffering from management fees. It was going to be out of her control, the return that she was going to earn. And she was going to pay taxes on the money either today or in the future, most likely in the future. So you know, the reality of it is we can't just save and blindly put our money somewhere and hope that it's going to work out. Saving is the foundation of everything we do, but it's intentional saving into a system and a strategy that you control. This is why we share the vault and, you know, income generating real estate. Okay. So here's the two main takeaways I want you to believe. Okay. Or at least I want you to consider whether you believe it or not, it's up to you, but I want you to consider this. 
Saving is 100% in your control. Do not allow yourself to tell yourself a story that it's not. Let me give you a personal example of this, okay? When I committed with my wife to becoming financially free, we did the same thing I just did with my, my family member. We audited where our money was going. We committed to doubling, if not tripling our savings rate, and we did it. And it sounds, it sounds drastic, but we moved. We moved. We moved out of the house that we were living in because we were spending exorbitantly in that house to live on a golf course. Up to that point, I had never golfed in my entire life. Why we lived on a golf course, I don't know. Maybe we were chasing the Jones, but we moved our, we moved and we downsized our house. That actually led to more joy, more satisfaction, and more savings. We lived in a smaller house where our family was closer together, not spread out all over, all, all over a big house. Our expenses, not just from our mortgage, but our overall utilities and home maintenance, we cut our living expenses in half by one simple decision. It was insanely amazing, okay? So we did that. We went from two cars down to one car. And the one car that we had, I mean, my wife and I, we don't care too much about cars. So we, we again, aligned our spending with our values. And the car that we had was hell-damaged Toyota Corolla. I mean, you couldn't tell where the hell-damaged stopped and, you know, whatever, where the paint began. It was just like a big pothole. That's what the car looked like. But we cut our expenses all the way down on the things that we didn't value. We stopped spending money on things that did not give us any satisfaction, that did not align with our core values. Then we got clear on what our goals were. And we did give ourselves permission to spend some more money in those areas that was otherwise being taken by things that we didn't really care about. That allowed us to increase the quality of our life and it allowed us to increase our savings rate. Those two things, I believe, were the catalyst to us becoming financially free. Because on the tail end of increasing our savings rate, here's the golden rule to investing. Make more than you spend. You can say it the other way around. I like to go make more than you spend because making indicates that you have control over how much money you make. Okay. Don't be satisfied with one stream of income. Figure out how to have multiple streams of income. Make more than you spend or spend less than you make. Either way you want to look at that. That's step number one. Step number two, invest the difference wisely. There's a whole plethora of value in those two statements. Make more than you spend and invest the difference wisely. So my friends, that's what I wanted to come and share with you today. If there's any comments on Facebook, I'm sorry I haven't seen them. I'll come back and respond to them. But I wanted to share that because it was, sometimes I take it for granted, right? Sometimes I take it for granted that um, I believe the way I believe. I see the world the way I see it. And so I therefore operate the way my paradigms align me to operate. And as it comes to money, I feel like it's a very empowered strategy to understanding money and to be able to use it. Um, I'm leading this community to help you get bigger results in your life. And so I want to open up this conversation. Like all the investing stuff, that's easy. It's actually really easy if you can get the foundation aligned first. Make more than you spend. Make more than you spend. Spend less than you make. Then invest the difference wisely. That becomes a very simple approach. So my friends, hopefully this helped you today. Wherever you're at, exercise your freedom by A, acknowledging that you have choice and accountability in every aspect of your life. Do an audit of the decisions that you've made because those decisions are leading directly to the present circumstances of your life right now. And then do something different going forward. Make different decisions to give you a different future. All right, my friends, we'll talk again soon. Thank you so much for listening to the Rise Up Live Free podcast. Do you want to connect with me and other empire builders who are on a mission to take control of their financial plans and become financially free in 10 years or less? 
Well, then join us in our private Facebook group where we get to go deeper into the topics of financial freedom. And it's the only place you can see the actual results of people on their path to financial freedom, learn what's working, and interact as a community dedicated to becoming financially free. When you join, you'll get immediate access to exclusive training in a private membership area. This training will empower you in your path to becoming financially free and it will fast track your results. This is the only place you get access to this exclusive content. So be sure to join us in the Facebook group now. Just go to cashflowtactics.com forward slash group or head over to Facebook and search Cashflow Tactics to join. I look forward to you joining us next time on the Rise Up Live Free podcast.